space tribe. Welcome to that one time I was abducted by aliens. My name's Jamie. My name is Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. All right, Bree, we're going to have a little bit of a random episode, guys. So we're just going to let it roll and see what happens. Let it roll. But right off the top, I would love to read a letter yeah. that we got from one of our listeners. Her name's Destiny. She sent us a beautiful package. So I'm going to go off. Destiny from space. Destiny from space. And read it. Dear Brie and Jamie, I absolutely adore you guys and your podcast. And I'm sorry it's taken me so long to properly introduce myself. I would like to say that I've learned so many things from what you guys talk about. And I feel more connected to the alien and universe community than I ever have. I truly believe that everything happens for a reason, even though that's a pretty cliche thing to say now, and that the people and souls we meet are absolutely for a purpose, whether we know it or not. Everything is connected, and one shouldn't believe in coincidences, but the idea that everything is a sign from the universe. Agree. So, I just want to say that I was really torn on whether to handwrite this letter or type it, but I figured I would save your guys' eyes from the torture that is my handwriting. I thought that I would give you a little bio into my life and how I'm connected to the space and supernatural world, and how that brought me to you lovely ladies in your podcast. I currently live in Michigan with my boyfriend, Adrian. My dad and littlest brother live in San Diego, and that's my plan to move out west in the next couple years. Come on over, we're waiting for you. you. I graduated last year from Wayne State University with a Bachelor of Arts in the Anthropology with a minor in Art and Art History. But don't let that fool you. I'm totally having a mid-20s crisis on what I want to do with the rest of my life. I'm constantly having one. And most full-time businesses Firms scoff at you when you went to school for art or something you had an interest in. So in that aspect, I'm still trying to figure out my meaning in the career world. Constantly. We all are. Yeah, we'll probably get into that. Yeah, we, a little bit later. I will probably end up going back to school for an actual trade, but school is fun and expensive. I hope you ladies have had better luck. I met my soulmate when I was 13. Her name was Moxie, and she was a Doberman Pinscher. She died about two years later, but the universe gave us her life and last moments together, and I got to tell her how much I loved her. Death in a way shouldn't necessarily be negative, but positive in that you have experienced this amazing individual and out of all of time and space, your two souls met and thrived together. I am not a part of any religion, but I guess with my background in anthropology, I'm very understanding of all religion and cultures. And honestly, I view nature, the universe, and all its elements as my spiritual calling. I've had quite a few Wiccan and Pagan friends, and it's honestly one of the most beautiful religions I've ever witnessed. And with that, I want to move into my connection to this supernatural realm. In retrospect, I would have to write a book to properly go into everything that relates me to the supernatural realm, so I'll try to paraphrase. So I guess I've always kind of had a sixth sense, but I definitely don't call myself a medium or say that I'm truly clairvoyant. I think that I kind of just have my toes dipped into the pond, and at some point in my life, something will happen and I'll just kind of fall into the supernatural realm, or at least I'm hoping. When you ladies talked about sleep paralysis and had Designs by Perry as your guest, I was in complete awe because I have been experiencing it since I was 13 years old. I remember the first time I ever experienced it, and I honestly just thought it was a bad dream but when I had it again at my mom's house. So I guess it was a little more awakened to the fact that entities or whatever you wanna call it could follow you to different houses. I should also mention that I'm basically a nomad, not by choice. It's kind of just claimed me and now I can't see 
any other life than traveling. I've never lived in a house for more than five years. I've lived in at least 15 houses in my life so far. So I guess it would make sense that anything trying to communicate me with me would have to follow me. Every time I experienced sleep paralysis, I just felt ultimate evil and it scared me. And I'm like an avid horror movie fan. <laughs> and I always feel like nothing scares me. So this I knew was something real and not positive. There are so many instances where I've had episodes and it's affected me, but I'll only give examples of some of the big ones because I don't want you ladies to have to read through all of that. One of the incidents that really messed me up was probably in 2011 or 12. The house that I lived in with my dad, brothers, and stepmom had severe weather damage in the kitchen because the pipe swelled up and froze from the lovely Michigan winter. And we had to temporarily relocate it to an extended stay hotel for no joke, eight months. My pup Moxie was still alive at the time, so she slept with me in my bedroom. Like always. So I swear to the universe that this is no lie. We had to switch rooms three times in a matter of two days because every room, the air conditioner just suddenly quit working. I mean, okay, yeah, that's believable because it's a hotel and it's the summer. And this was after we'd been living there for a few months. And there's a lot of electricity for every hotel guest to keep their AC running on full blast. But I mean, three times, like seriously, that's a little spooky. So the third room, Moxie and I were sleeping in the master bedroom of the hotel suite. I had the TV on and as I was falling asleep, which is a normal thing, Moxie was curled up on the side of the bed and at some point I fell asleep. Then, like every other sleep paralysis episode, I opened my eyes and everything in the room is the same, except I can't move or speak, but I was woken up by the static on the TV. I remember thinking to myself, wait, static? Um, this isn't the 80s or 90s anymore. Channels just don't turn to static at a certain time at night. So then I started to get a little freaked out. I glanced over at Moxie. I mean, as far as I could, could because I obviously couldn't move any of my body parts. And I remembered a sense of calm because my thought process was Moxie is my protector. And if she is still asleep, then it isn't sensing anything and I'm okay. But as I glanced over at her, I'm getting chills just writing this right now. On the end of the bed, standing over the end of the bed, over Moxie, was this guy in boxers. At the time, he vaguely resembled the guy I was dating at the time. He had tan skin and was kind of thin. But the thing that was absolutely fucking terrifying was I couldn't see this guy's face. I only saw from like his knees up to his shoulders and at his shoulders was just like a shadow. Then I started to panic because who the hell was this person? I was completely alone in the room, aside from Moxie. I started to yell out or try to, just as every sleep paralysis episode ends for me. And I finally was able to jerk my body and when I woke up for real, I sat up in the bed and the TV was no longer static. Moxie was still asleep and there was no person standing over my, my bed. So I guess the episode really stuck with me and shook me for a long time. And honestly, a lot of questions have been brought up it. Like, could that have been a spirit trying to communicate with me in the hotel? Was it residual energy? Was it an extraterrestrial and could sleep paralysis be an abduction or something like a pre-abduction? Before, when I mentioned that I have always possessed a sort of sixth sense, I mean that I am super sensitive to energies. I can walk into a house and tell you if you have a negative energy or spirit residing. And I am a super empath and I've only recently discovered that. Your ladies new aura who dis episode was the most spiritually calling episodes for me and I I am so happy that my life path led me to your podcast. The Pleiadians is one of the first constellations I truly noticed when I really started noticing the stars. And strangely enough, I really started noticing it in 2011. 
right around when that episode happened. And I've already learned a little about the Pleiadians and the Starseeds, and I truly believe that maybe my soul is actually one. I've honestly almost always felt a little bit like a stranger in the world. And then when stargazing at night, I get both a sense of relief and sadness. I've always said that one of my dream jobs would to be an anthropologist on another planet in another galaxy studying archaeological and enthographic materials from fallen alien civilizations. I don't know if you ladies have ever seen the movie Enemy Mine. It's kind of a cheesy one with Dennis Quaid, but it's about two space travelers getting marooned on a planet, one human and one alien. They both hate each other, but they learn each other's culture and learn to survive together. It's so beautiful. And that's also probably why I love Worf and the Klingons so much. They have such a rich culture. But anyways, I truly have so much to talk about, and I wish we lived closer so we could hang out and just talk about experiences. Like there were times in my life where I would go to see feathers directly in my walking path, and so many times I noticed the number 444. There is just so much to talk about. I knew as soon as I print this letter out, there will be something that I forgot to put in. So I guess I will leave everything at that and say this is just a small introduction to my life and who I am. But I mean, do we really ever know who we are? I would love to hear from you gals and hear about your bios and personal experiences. It would be pretty cool to be pen pals too. So please feel free to write me a letter. I would love to read it. Thank you so much for listening and being friends and hopefully one day we can meet and hang out together. P.S. The Indian temple incense are my fave and I hope you guys like them. The smoky quartz is obviously for protection against negative energy and the little alien sign is just fun. I have the same one. Your friend and fellow member of the Alien Girls Club, Destiny, also known as Destiny from Space. Loved it. I got chills multiple times, by the way, when you're reading it. Yeah, I think Brie really resonates with the sleep paralysis. That's something that's always going to be very hard-hitting for her. That was a big, meaningful moment in her life. I try to ignore my sleep paralysis episode, the one that I do remember. That's scary, though. That would be very frightening to see a silhouette of someone standing over your bed. Oh, absolutely. And then not being able to see the face, it being like a shadow. Yeah, we weren't really into that when we were talking about Not Your Pastor, when we were talking to Not Your Pastor's podcast and the episode we released right afterwards where we really got into sleep paralysis and kind of our experience in it. And the static? The static was an interesting one to me that the you saw noise. that. Yeah, that because you're right, the 80s or the 90s, that's when that would have it. But like TVs don't static these days unless you're like on a channel that doesn't exist, which is really hard to do. Yeah. Because, you know, cable and stuff these days. Yeah, even if it was just a channel that had just infomercials, they keep it like one after the next, after the mm-hmm. next, after the next. It doesn't just go straight to white noise. Let's... And I, and I don't know if you're ever going to have the question answered of who or what that person was standing mm-hmm. at the end of your bed. You know, it could have been a spirit. It could have been a, I mean, it literally could have been anything. And I think that dream time is when we learn the most. What I would encourage is just to continue to explore everything you can in dream time. I agree. When you realize that you're going through a sleep paralysis episode and that fear comes, I would try to remind yourself that there's nothing to be afraid of and take a deep breath. I hear that a lot of the time you can really switch it around. Like the fear will leave you or you won't see more of a shadowy figure, it might turn into something else or just the overall presence in the room will lighten. But focus on questions you'd want to ask. Like, just start, even though, you know, you can't actually say things out loud, try to say out loud, who are you? What are you? Why are you here? Try to get answers. Who knows what kind of responses you can get from that or what that opens up into. That's true. But I know it's really hard. When you're in the moment, it's just fear. Oh, yeah, It's almost like it just completely envelops your body. But, yeah, I think that's a good thing to explore. 
And I definitely resonate with most of your story. I mean, it's crazy when you feel like your life has these weird little magical moments and these little synchronicities happen and it's so magical to you and you think that no one else out there is like that or has the same experiences, but we do. Ask anybody in your life, go to a check stand and ask somebody, do you ever look at the clock and it's always the same time? They're probably be like, oh my God, yeah, I always look and it's always 12-12 or, you know, everybody has their little things and what I love about synchronicities is they really only mean something to the people who see them. Mm -hmm. And I love that because my synchronicities might not necessarily stack up with Bree's synchronicities or Bree's might not stack up with mine. But when we have those moments where we both experience it, it makes it that much more magical and that much more real. Absolutely. It's just that overall warming feeling like, oh, really? That's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So th we want to thank you so much for your letter. We love the pens. We've already started writing with them. We'll send you a picture soon of your little plaque hanging up in our uh, studio. We love the incense. I have them burning in my room right now. The crystals are being added to the crystal, the crystal collection that we have going on. Yeah, we're going to keep it in the studio here. And I just want to let you know that I sent you some stuff in the mail. I actually literally just dropped it in the mail today. So you're to get some goodies in there just you'll you'll see L look out for that i got you boo i got you but yeah the letter itself your whole package is really heartwarming and it really means a lot to us to connect with people across anywhere really anywhere that's even outside of our town to have that little connection is it's amazing i don't think we could really ask for anything else yeah absolutely so thank you destiny so much look for your package in the mail yes so one thing you kind of touched on in your letter, which me and Brie are going to go into a little bit, is like not being able to figure out what it is you want to do for a job or you're having, you know, your mid-20s crisis where you're trying to figure out your life or whatever. And let me just tell you, girl. You're not the only one. You're not the fucking only one. I am very close to 30. And if you guys are previous listeners, you guys all know that I... <laughs> used to work at a law firm. And I say used to because I don't work there anymore. I was fired uh, a few weeks ago. I'm not really gonna get into it because I'm not really gonna dwell on it and I don't wanna be negative. Yeah, I just release it. Yeah, I just, I don't work there anymore. It's a struggle to figure out what you wanna do with your life. I have so many skills and I'm probably one of the hardest working people mm -hmm. anyone will ever meet. And I, I just, agree. I haven't found something that I'm just like, this is my fucking jam. Or I have so many times and then it turns out not to be. And I think that the world is a never-ending struggle of trying to figure out what it is that makes you happy. I think it, the world is a never-ending struggle to feel like you always have a place. And I think that's because conditioning that's in society and it's passed through our friends and our families and everyone kind of holding each other to the standard of you're supposed to have it all figured out. And it's like they expect that from us at such a young age mm -hmm. by the time you're 18 you're supposed to be moved out and in college and you know where you're gonna go and the second you graduate you already have a job and, and you get married and, and you, you do all of these things you buy a house and me and Bree have talked so many times about like these earthly things that don't matter to us and I think a lot of people especially like you know in my close personal life are a little bit worried that I'm not working right now and I think from the outside it kind of looks like I'm like I'm not caring too much about it and I kind of don't care 
Like I understand that I need to have money and I need to support myself and pay for things because you know, that's the world we live in. But like at the end of the day, like I'm as a person not worried that I don't have some career or I'm not, I don't have some amazing job or I, you know, didn't buy a house or I'm not engaged or I don't have kids or whatever else is supposed to come along with being, you know, 29 fucking years old. That's the thing is it really shouldn't even come down to that. Like it just irritates me because I know that our lives are supposed to be structured a certain way. Mm -hmm. And by these certain age markers is when we're supposed to be at a certain point. Mm -hmm. I just really wish that we could start to crumble that. And I think maybe we are. Maybe a lot of people are individually one by one but it comes with such a struggle you know when you feel that way and you don't see the importance and like you said you have so many different skills Mm -hmm. you can be anywhere but then the mundane things they don't attract you Mm -hmm. and it's almost like you don't have enough of your energy to give to that because it's such a little vibe Mm -hmm. I don't know how to really explain that I I get what you're saying it's not the most interesting thing in the world so therefore I don't put all of my effort into it because it's like what's the point like nothing's gonna come from it whereas if you see something that's like super intriguing to you and really like makes you be creative or like makes you feel smart or like you're doing something that's like matters in a difference or like you feel good because you're doing good at something that's the struggle of it I think is finding a job or a life path where you're productive and you're happy and you're comfortable and you're living your life. And I think that's all should matter. I think if I wanted to go get a job at McDonald's tomorrow, which I probably could, I'm I'm sure they'd hire me. Who wouldn't? <laughs> um, and if I wanted that to be my job for the rest of my life, because I really just liked working at the drive-thru and seeing the same eight old people who came in every morning to get coffee, I would be fine with that. But society would look at me as a 30-year-old and say, what is wrong with you that you work at a McDonald's? I think that we need to stop holding these standards in a way that is judging someone on whether they're good or they're bad or they're doing something right or something wrong. You know, I think we just see someone as like, they obviously don't know what they're doing and like, what a low life. And it's kind of like, but you don't know that person. You don't know what else that they do. Mm -hmm. You don't know the creative side that they have that maybe honestly overpowers all of that and maybe there isn't a spot necessarily right now where you just fill in like a little puzzle piece you just you know maybe there's just not that right now but who's to say that's not in the future and who's to say that that's wrong just because you don't have that set life path well i think we have to understand as a society we're evolving constantly and i think that as a society we're gonna evolve into a place where jobs don't matter anymore that would be great because our favorite thing in the whole wide world, no. AI. I know, <laughs> we already know. But eventually AI is gonna take over. You already see it in your grocery stores. You know, they're gonna get rid of checkers and one by one, technology is gonna be able to do a lot of things for us. So you as a human being, if you aren't doing something creative or creating something, at the end of the day, what are you really contributing to society? So, you know, 20, 30 years from now, there's not gonna be a position as a bank teller. It's all gonna be automated. So what is that bank teller supposed to do? Right. Well, the bank teller can't go be a grocery checkout person because there's that job. (laughs) You know, they can't work at a fast food place because it's all going to become automated. So it's like you get down to that. So what we hold so highly in our society today as this like, what's your title? What do you do for a job? I mean, that's when you meet people, that's one of the first things people ask. The worst question. And I hate it. What do you do? Yeah. (sighs) And that's going to become so irrelevant because the question isn't going to be, what do you do for work? It's going to be, what do you create? How are you contributing? And I think that, you know, especially people in my family see me as 
being on a podcast as like a waste of time or like, what are you doing? You're just talking to a microphone. And I'm like, nah, man, you're in the past. This is the future. <laughs> like, this is what, like, you may think that this is some crazy hobby for me that I just do in an addict in my spare time. But the fact is, is that the hope is that from years from now, this is my job. And I didn't have to go to school for it. I didn't have to ask anyone for permission for it. I just made it and people responded to it. Yeah. So therefore, I am successful. Doesn't matter how much money I make. It's mm -hmm. about how many lives I touch at the end of the day. We always have to be doing something. Mm -hmm. And we're not human doings. We're human beings. beings. I, I think we should really change that whole introduction of, hi, I'm so-and-so. Oh, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. So what do you do? I just want to be like, so, I mean, so what do you believe in? I like, can we just say, do you You know what I tell people now when people ask me what I do for a job? And I've been saying this for months now. So I'm a podcaster. <laughs> that's, a my, that's my job. I'm a podcaster. And they look at me like crazy and I'm like, mm-hmm. They're like, does that pay the bills? And I'm like, no. That's none of your business at the same time. <laughs> it's not the point. But exactly. Mm -hmm. There's always like this weird trade-off though I see with like really creative people. Sometimes they don't have that job title, but then they have all these other things going for them. You know, I think once you tap into your creativity, it opens up a whole nother part of your brain that turns on to like the spirituality side and really just expressing yourself and maybe even channeling other energies at the same time into what you're creating. And I feel like a lot of us, you know, we have other things that maybe a person that's stuck into a grueling nine to five that only focuses on their job title, you know, maybe they don't have that peace of mind. Maybe they don't have that creativity. Maybe they're really lonely. Maybe they're really a hateful person deep down. There's always a lack on either side. Mm -hmm. So from their point of view, it might seem like, my life is a shit show, but at the same time, I'm, I have an overall really good well-being. Like, I may be money poor, but I'm life rich. Amen. And I'm okay with that. Like, as long as at the end of the day, my bills get paid, I don't need anything extra, I've realized. Yeah. I don't go shopping. I don't buy clothes. Brie has an internet buying problem. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't do any of that stuff. I pay my bills. I'm horrible at saving money. Let's be realistic. I pay my bills and that's it. And I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. As long as that every Friday, me and Brie can get in the studio and record, that is literally the only thing in the world that matters to me currently. And you know what? You're living in the now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. I'm not living in the past and I'm not living necessarily in the future. I'm taking every day as it comes. And I think that that's what's important. Some people, they waste their whole life just always looking forward and always like but the retirement. And, you know, oh, that's really nice now that you're playing around. But you really got to get serious because you're getting old now. And you have to think about your retirement. And what are you going to do for a career? Like, that's really important. And it's kind of like, but why? Because if I'm... Like you said, if I'm paying my bills, but if I'm expressing myself and I'm overall very happy and I'm content. It doesn't matter if I have a retirement account or not. Why does it matter? Because then you ask those people deeper questions and they have no opinion or they're just like, why does that matter? Like, why are you always looking out there? And it's like, but I'm not really looking out there. You're kind of looking out there. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at like the broader picture. Your broader picture is how much you're going to be getting paid in the future. Mm -hmm. What kind of job titles you're mm -hmm. going to have. How big your house is. What kind of car I can buy. What fancy watch do I have? Do I have the new shoes? Like, do I have the new iPhone? Like, all of those things are just, our society is so materialistic and so focused on all these things 
things and like to me personally doesn't make sense like that's their bigger picture my bigger picture what's my place in the world mm -hmm. like what's my purpose what did my soul come here to figure out and to experience and I think also looking at it from that perspective you know it kind of makes sense to me to be put in a position where there isn't one particular thing that I set out to do it's dabbling in all these different things and kind of collecting all these different experiences and getting to figure out well this worked for me to a certain point and then it didn't mm -hmm. and now I'm trying something else maybe that's the purpose maybe the purpose is to jumble around get a taste for everything and discover who I am ultimately mm -hmm. is just being able to express myself in all types of different ways I think people that are doing that is a big struggle between yourself and the rest of the world mm -hmm. that wants you to be a certain way and mm -hmm. you're just not and it's hard I think even though we speak positively about it I think let's be completely honest and say that it's a complete struggle at the same time oh yeah of course. And there's always that voice in the back of your head that's not even your own voice it's someone else's voice that's saying to you what are you doing with your life mm -hmm. and then it's that struggle of like having the response to it and then getting back into your groove and then you're hearing it again and feeling you know kind of kicked down at certain times and that's just the reality of it yeah I, I think what's hard for me personally is that cosmically I know what life path I'm on. And I think this right here is exactly what cosmically I should be doing. What I don't know what I should be doing is what my earthly life that's involves. That's struggle. And that's the struggle. Because everybody who's close to me looks at me like, Jamie, you don't have your shit figured out. But I'm like, I do, just on a way bigger level than what you guys can ever yeah. imagine. I have my stuff figured out so far beyond that the things that are here right in front of me are so small and just don't matter. And it's like, again, I'll say it a million times, yes, I have to make money <laughs> and I need to pay for myself and I gotta pay for my rent and gas in my car and you know, my insurance and whatever else comes along with it. But like, if I could live without those things, I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm on such a different path in my life that none of those things are important to me. And so it's a struggle between how you feel and what you know is right for you and then the way that the rest of the world is shaped and the other people that are close and around you that are just like yelling in your ears all the time and kind of looking down on you. It's, it's hard to stand up on your two feet and your truth when you always have other people almost like closing in on you. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not, it's not like they're questioning you because questioning is fine. The problem is, is that when people just say that you're wrong flat out, like, no, mm -hmm. why are you worried about space? Why don't you be worried about how your car payment's gonna get paid? <laughs> Isn't that more important? And I'm like, to me personally? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> space is way more important than how my car payment's getting fucking paid at the end of the day. And I think people look at that as like, God, you're so fucking naive. You're living in the clouds. Or you're living in this weird reality where nothing matters. And it's like, listen, buddy, while you're in 2018, I'm in 3032. I can't tell you how many times people have told me that I live in my own land. Like, yeah, where you're 100%. in your own world. Yeah, 100%. You're, you need to wake up from La La Land. Never. And I'm like, I like my fucking La La Land. It's great here, I can yeah. do whatever the fuck, fuck I, want I want in my La La Land. Yeah, it's fucking wonderful. Don't peep in my La La Land if you don't fucking like it. Yeah. Just back up. Go create your own fucking La La Land. Exactly. Where the only thing that matters is what kind space. of watch you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, I think we were going to talk about this in general, but it's just interesting that she happened to say that in the letter because it's like, oh, we were totally going to fucking talk about that. We've been discussing this on our own, and it's something that we always struggle with. 
and we definitely have ups and downs for it. Sometimes we're like totally cool. You know, we're grinding along, we're doing our thing, and then, you know, there's hiccups, and then you're faced with it again. As Bree said to me last night, life is a giant fucking roller coaster. Like, it's all waves, you know? There's ups and there's downs and there's peaks and there's valleys and you just gotta, it, it's not about what happens, it's about how you react to it mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. It's about how you take a situation, whether it be negative or positive, how you come out of it as a person that's important. And I think that a lot of people forget that. Yeah. I know I've forgot that several times in the past few weeks where I have thought, again, really? Universe, we're doing this shit again? <laughs> again? I finally was like, good, and now we're going to get pushed back down. And I have to remember that it's not about something good or something bad happening. It's just about me growing as a person and how I deal with it. Absolutely. And that at the end of the day, these ups and downs are never going to stop. And I just have to accept the fact that that's just life. And it's okay if you get emotional about it and Mm -hmm. you have every right to be upset or to even be negative, which we, you know, we try to not say, you know, you don't want to be negative, but as a human being, you have emotions. And I'm kind of the biggest person in the world who has no emotions. And I've found over the past maybe year, two years that like, I wake up every day and have a new emotion. I have no idea where the fuck it came from. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I care about something. What is this? playing catch up. Yeah, I'm I'm growing emotionally as a person, which is something I haven't been able to do in my 29 years of life and I'm doing it now and it's a struggle and it's okay that it's a struggle. Yeah. And it's okay to say it out loud. I think even though we're not necessarily talking about aliens in this episode and we're treating a little bit like therapy, what I think's important is I think that there's other people who probably listen to this podcast who are also going through some shit. Absolutely. And I think Just like I needed to tell myself, maybe you need to hear it. Everything is going to be okay. Shit happens and it's going to be all right. It's okay if you're upset and it's okay if you're angry and it's okay if you react negatively. Mm -hmm. But what you need to do is move on from that emotion to the next one and figure out what it is you're going to do next. And even if you don't know, it's okay to not know. Live in the not knowing for a while. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Don't let everyone else around you tell you how you should feel or react to things. Whatever emotions or whatever reaction you have to something isn't right or wrong. It's just emotion and it's okay. It's okay. You can give yourself the permission. I think that's what a lot of people need to do. They need to give themselves the permission in order to break down to build yourself back up. I think I've spent a lot of my life being a very strong person, especially for the people around me. And a kind of person who doesn't get phased and has really been like a pillar of emotion for people. And I'm not that anymore. And that's okay. And that's okay. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that I'm still not strong. It just means that I'm finally taking the time to take care of myself instead of everyone else around me. And that's important. It's not selfishness. Mm -mm. It's important. It really is. I think that's one thing that in my life I get called a lot is selfish, which is really interesting, especially like ask Brie. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not even in the slightest. But a lot of people, especially like my immediate family members and stuff, one word, like if you ask them to describe me, they'll, they'll say selfish, which doesn't make any sense because... I'm such the opposite of that. And even now in my time of crisis and my need, I'm really not even being that selfish. I agree. I'm still constantly trying to fix everyone else's problems around me instead of my own. And I'm still constantly trying to make it seem like everything's okay when it's not. And I think how I'm growing as a person right now is admitting that everything's not okay Mm -hmm. and that I'm not okay. And that's an okay thing. 
Absolutely. I was really proud of you for saying that too. I was like, yeah, that was like a big breakthrough moment is to admit that like I'm not okay. And then to even finish it off with, and it's okay that I'm not okay. Yeah. It's like it, it's bringing the barrier down even more, not just admitting it, but also saying, and it's okay. I'm not ashamed of that because that's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I, I think I come from a, a family where it's really important to make it look like everything's okay. I come from a family where, you know, there's struggles, shit happens, every family has it, but my family is the kind of person where they're screaming, but when the phone rings and they pick it up, they're like, hi, this is blah, blah, how can I help you? Where they make it look like everything's okay. And I think that for a long time, it's been so instilled in me to constantly just smile through everything. And I'm finally hit a point where I'm like, why the fuck am I making it look like I'm always okay to everybody? Like, why am I doing that? What is the point of that? It's not solving anything. It's not like, it's okay that stuff isn't okay. And it's okay that the people around me know that. And I want everyone to know it. That's why I'm talking about it on here. And if you would have come at me even maybe six months ago, I wouldn't have said a fucking word no I way, said right Jose. now. No, not, not at all. <laughs> I would have I would never admit anything. I wouldn't I would never say that something was wrong or that I was struggling or anything like that. I would have never in a million years. Even the people who are close to me now, like, you know, friends I talk to who know that I'm going through some shit say to me to this day, you know you can talk to me, you know you can talk to me. And my response to them still now is I'm, I'm not, good. You're like, I'm good. I'm just not a person who talks about my emotions. I'm not like that. And I'm still not like that with a lot of people. So it's a really big growth movement for me to be talking to thousands of strangers right now about the struggles I'm going through. The raw, raw issue of it all Mm -hmm. and facing it and just putting it out on the table. Yeah, because you know what? I think that if I put it out there, maybe the universe will hear it. Not only that, but I kind of think that I know for you, it was like, really, I'm going to do this again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to I'm kicked down again. I'm starting over again. Mm-hmm. It really was a catalyst for you to have this breakdown mm-hmm. and for you to say mm-hmm. that you're having it and that you're OK with it. Yeah. And who's to say if you really would have been able to go through that and gain that mm-hmm. if you would have never gone through it in the first place? Oh, no, absolutely. So that's just another to me. That's another reason why sometimes I think that we go through these weird processes of not having things together and having these weird up and down moments. And it seems like things aren't together, but really you're just growing even more. Yeah, I think that when, you know, I'll admit that I'm probably going through like maybe like a midlife crisis, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I'm not quite sure what else to call it, but I've definitely I've had a breakdown emotionally. Um, Um, I think it's more like I would put it to an analogy of living your life in an extremely tight corset and then you finally take the corset off. Okay, <laughs> all right, like, I feel that. And it's just like, Ugh! Like I busted and the seams and everything's out coming out, yeah. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's like, oh, this thing is off me. Fuck, it was tight. It's been a slow progression. It started a few months ago when I started my new job and everything was really good. And then I slowly realized that I was in a incredibly abusive, no, an incredibly emotionally abusive environment where I mean me and Brie talk pretty much almost daily and there were weeks where we didn't speak to each other and not because I didn't want to talk to her she was too busy but because I was so busy and then by the time I got home to even pick up my phone and look at a text message was such a struggle and me and Brie don't text each other like one word like text I mean they're like (laughs) it's full grown like books and paragraphs over here and so there would be times where she would text me and I would look down on it and like I 
I just couldn't read it. It was just so much and I just couldn't because I was just so emotionally and physically drained from what happened that day yeah. that I couldn't function. And even like, you know, with the podcast when I was working, I will definitely admit that I slacked off because I just didn't have time. And then by the time I did get home, I was so drained that I, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, literally, I would go home and do absolutely nothing because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even look at my phone. I didn't even want to get on Instagram, you know, because I was so drained. I think what's important to learn from all of this is to recognize when you're in a situation that's not right. That's just not healthy for you. Yeah. I don't think I ever really understood how much of a toll emotions could take on me. Yeah. Until I was put in an emotionally abusive situation. Exactly. And then once that happened, I mean, Breeze watched the progression for the last, what, three, four months of mm -hmm. me. I mean, I've gone downhill fast. And you guys wouldn't know it from the podcast, you know, because that's that front that I put on, like everything's okay. But I mean, it, it went downhill quickly. And I mean, it was like, it was fine for like two weeks. And then it was yeah. like a switch and it went downhill ever since then. It's just pushing you to the limit. Mm -hmm. And then you using your normal mechanisms to put it off and just keep chugging and keep pulling through it. And, you know, you're just pushing, pushing, pushing. And no, you know, nothing gets to me. I'm hard and I'm strong and I can keep taking it and I can keep pushing it. And I don't there know. was no you anymore. It was Your inner you was like being drained mm -hmm, away. Mm -hmm. All you had was your working you just trying so hard to just cling on and stay on your tippy toes just trying your hardest to stay above water mm -hmm. yeah absolutely you have no idea how many times i probably said debris like oh i'll be fine i'll be fine i'll be fine yeah and i could tell every time i said that she was like no you're not yeah. no no like, no Dude. okay jamie sure keep saying that to yourself it's yeah. not gonna happen and i did i finally hit a breaking point when i finally hit a wall where i was like i, I can't do this anymore and I can't, I can't spend my life working a job. Don't get me wrong. I really, really enjoyed what I was doing. I did not enjoy who I was working for. It was an incredibly hard situation. And I wish her no ill will because I think at the end of the day, the karmic universe is going to work however it's going to work. Whether karma does something to do to her or doesn't do something to her isn't my business. Correct. It's karma's business. And if she has something coming to her, it'll come to her at the end of the day. So it, it's not in my hands. It's not my job to deliver karma. It's not my job to bad talk about people. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can talk about is my experience. And I was in a very unhealthy situation where I was emotionally beat down on an hourly basis. It's not even a daily basis. It was literally an hourly basis. And the days had way too many hours in them, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was times I was working 14, 15 yeah. hours a day. And I was just like... Like, holy shit, Jamie. Mm -hmm. You're, we're literally running on empty. Oh, I was so running on empty. I was so tired. But it's kind of like you've always been that kind of like energizer bunny, get up and go, you know? Always. Really, wake up, go, push through it. Always. And this was like the ultimate test to take that part of you and push it to the ultimate limit. Like, how long can she handle this? Like, how much is she going to take? And you know what's sad is that before I started working at this job, I had three jobs where I worked seven days a week. I never had time off. And even then, I wasn't at my limits. I agree. One job was just and that's where it hit yeah and, and that that takes a lot i worked at times 80 90 hours a week between my three jobs and i would and i would still answer Bree's text messages back or I'd go out and do stuff or come over on friday nights like i never had an issue and i didn't have one day to fucking rest and i had a nine to five job that just fucking broke me it really did and it pushed me to my limits and you know i'm grateful that i know my limits now yeah i think I, that's a good thing. i know that at the end of the day no matter 
how good I am at something, I cannot give somebody my 110%. I agree. And I you can shouldn't. Give, I can give them 90 and I know that that's my limit now. Yeah, because you lose you mm-hmm. and it beats you down. Mm-hmm. And you have to have the space for you to be happy and to be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. And even just like researching these things that fascinate you when mm-hmm. you don't even have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like those are the things that get you excited. And when you lose even a little bit of space to do that, it's like you're cutting yourself off. Oh, yeah, for sure. I cut myself off from a lot of information. I mean, I didn't, you know, I did nothing other than work. Because your brain's fried. My brain like, was 100% how do you even, fried. How do you even make space in there well, for anything else? And then what makes it hard, too, is I think maybe the people around me don't understand how hard that was for me. And so now that I haven't been working for, it hasn't even been a week, guys. True. Everyone is on my ass. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's like, whoa, buddy, you need to understand. I need a little bit of time to decompress from that because I now have to figure out what the fuck it is I'm going to do and it's not going to happen overnight. Whereas old Jamie would snap into it in two seconds and be like, all right, on to the next. Let's do it. I can't do that anymore. I have to stop and take a break and recalculate. Get yourself back. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's perfect. Totally fine to do that. Yeah, I hope that more people, when they hear this, will really take it to heart and maybe know when to set their own boundaries. Mm -hmm. And also just, again, with the permission slips, just give yourself the permission to go through whatever the hell you're going through or to not do whatever the hell you're not doing. That that's okay as well. Or to give yourself the permission to leave a situation that doesn't make you feel comfortable. Or, I mean, literally anything. Just give yourself the permission to be to be and that everything's okay and you know what it's your life to live it's really no one else's absolutely all right guys i think that's going to be it for this episode no factor sci-fi no conscious quote the whole episode was a conscious quote the whole the whole goddamn episode was just a giant therapy session and we hope you enjoyed it we love you guys we love all of our listeners shout out again to destiny from space thank you for your lovely detailed letter and we can't wait to hear more from you yes and we love you and we love all of you deeply yeah shout out to all the regulars we don't have our list right now so just everyone else you know who you are superstars you know hit us up on Instagram at that one time I was abducted aggressively DM us anything anything you wish Um, shoot us an email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com and uh, as always fuck you Mountain View California Mountain View California you are great and it's okay that someone says fuck you (laughs) love you guys bye You know, ever since you said abductus, I always think, whenever you say, sh- uh, you can hit us up on abductus. T- I always want to say that one time I was abductus. <laughs> it cracks me up. I love it. It's like stuck in my head. Hey, truth seekers. <laughs> hey, tribe of space people. People of the world. Hey, everybody.